greetings and welcome back to season one, episode 36 of the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. Today, I'm here with uh, my friend, Dick Brogdon, and um, we I've interviewed his friend, Anthony Howard, um, for, for this podcast, but I thought it'd be really good for just us to spend a few minutes with Dick, as Dick would be able to share um, a little bit about um, what the interview will be with, with Anthony, and then he can um, introduce Anthony as we get closer to that. So Dick, so glad that you're back with us on the podcast and I'm going to turn it over to you. Thanks, Aaron. Always good to be with you and with our wider family. Some of us on the field have interacted with other mission organizations and you've maybe heard the joke that, man, if the Baptists and the Assemblies of God could just get together, Baptists have got great strategy, Assemblies of God, great Holy Spirit emphasis, you guys would be a power force. Well, about five years ago, all of the different agencies working with Muslims around the world decided to get together for a consultation. A thousand of us met in Thailand. 500 of those were Muslim background believers. The rest were from every agency. And we decided in that meeting to focus on abiding in Jesus. And we kind of felt that was the thrust that in missiology generally, there's probably more attention to to strategy than there is to really being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we decided to just press in as a global movement and abide in Jesus. In that meeting, two things happened. One of them, my friend Irwin had been walking and God gave him a vision to pray for 10% of the Muslim world to be saved. At the same time, I had been reading in Isaiah chapter six, and we'd love to preach from that, but only the first half of the chapter. The first half of the chapter, I saw the Lord, here I am, send me. We stop there. The second half of the chapter, they won't listen to you. It's all going to be a waste of time. They're going to go into exile. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. And then the text says at the end of all of that, but the seed will be in the stump. A remnant will return, a tithe. And I, I latched onto that 10%. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if 10% of the Muslim world got saved? So we went through kind of this deliberative process to hear the Lord as a body. And we agreed to pray, this is 2017, that 10% of the Muslim world would be saved in the next 10 years. 170 million people. And so that prayer movement began. And it was called the 1010 Prayer Movement. At that event... We had been blessed of the Lord to have a prayer team that was supporting all of us who were leading that. And Anthony Howard was leading that prayer team. And he, he's a kind of big, strong guy, big beard, scary looking, but the gentlest part. And he had been a pioneer missionary in Libya and in Egypt. And he was, like a lot of us, kind of apostolic in nature. Charge the mountain, take the giants, let's go die for Jesus, let's work hard, let's burn out our candle, let's get this thing done, you know, that kind of typical, a strong personality. Well, he basically broke down under the strain. I don't want to tell too much of his story, but it was just overwhelming. He found that in that natural strength and strategy and vigor and passion, if we are not deeply centered in abiding in Jesus ourselves, none of us can sustain this type of work, especially in pioneer fields. So the Lord transitioned him into a prayer ministry, a member care ministry, where he actually helps workers around the world. Yes, we need to be strategic and we need to be working hard. We need to be laborers for sure. But if we don't, at our cores, learn to rest and be holistic and to abide in Jesus at the center and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we also will burn out. So he's got this passion for prayer. 
He's got this passion for field workers to be healthy and to, yes, pioneer, but from that place of integrated life. So that was a few years ago. And on our planning for the 1010 prayer movement, we had pre-selected this year, August 24th through October the 4th, to have a concentrated time of prayer and fasting. And the idea behind it was, what would happen in the world if all of the missionaries, the global workers across all the organizations, what if we just stopped? And uh, the first reaction is, that's impossible. We got people to disciple, <laughs> we got sermons to preach, we got, you know, so yeah. we get that. I'm not saying that we stop being a parent or they stop discipling. There's stuff that has to happen. But what if we didn't actually ask the Lord to bless what we're already doing? What if we just stopped to listen for 40 days and to abide in Jesus and to say, Lord, what are you doing in the earth? And hmm. missions is your problem. We, we kind of co-opted Jim Bradford's prayer. He's a pastor at Central Assembly. He's got what's called the Bradford prayer where he says, Lord, this is your problem. What are you doing about it? Here we are available. Use us as you will. What if globally we did that? And to the degree in our families, this or the other can, can stop and rest and cease. What if we just said, Lord, take away whatever you want to take away. Keep whatever you want to keep. Add in what you want to add. But we're not actually asking for anything. We're just saying we want to hear you. We want to listen. Hmm. Speak to us. We want to stop striving and know that you are God. And what would be the impact if the whole world did that? Hmm. So this was planned before COVID. And then COVID kind of shut a lot of things down. And in one way, made some stuff busier. Like if you're like me, I've had more Zoom calls you know, in these last few months <laughs> than I care to talk about. So yeah. online stuff's proliferated. Other things have shut down. Parents have had to do schooling for their kids on top of their normal work. So some people even got busier. You know, life got a little more hectic for some. Couldn't travel out. There was a trade-off. So we kind of felt, wow, the Lord has given us an opportunity globally. Things have shifted. And as we get ready for one last push before Jesus comes to work hard and take the gospel to the ends of the earth and preach Christ where he hasn't been named, we felt that God was giving us an opportunity as a global community to kind of step back and say, Lord, we want to listen. That's at the heart of this 40 days of prayer. So we took that to Assemblies of God World Mission and thank God uh, the Lord gave them agreement and they've adopted it. It's gone to African Inland Mission. It's gone to Frontiers. It's gone to the Missio Nexus Network of all evangelical agencies. The word is going out and across the world, there's this growing excitement to together listen to Jesus for 40 days and to pray and to fast. Now, because people are in a different season of life, we're saying pray and fast however you feel led. Individually, your local team on the ground, your field fellowship, your region, however you wanna work that out. There's gonna be resources online. There'll be materials to help through this. There'll be, uh, Andy Ratz has set up a board people can post what the Lord is saying, which is available to all the mission orgs across the world, which is really cool. So we're gonna be able to listen to the Lord and see what God is saying to our colleagues across the spectrum. Aaron, I'm really excited about this. I can't tell you, you know, how excited I am. I've done periods of fasting before and prayer, but I never stopped whatever else I was doing. You know, I yeah. just kept trucking with everything yeah. and adding it on. But to, to take some time away and to step back just to listen, I almost feel it's like a second chance from the Lord. Back to our first love, 
back to our first call, back to the simplicity of the gospel, and just saying, Lord, if, there, if we've started something or engaged in something that maybe it's not your will or your time, we'll stop it. Take it away if you want to add something in. So that's kind of the genesis of the idea and the progression. We're very excited about doing this with the community of God's people. There is liberty to do this according to your season of life and your own obedience. But we don't want that generality to lose the challenge of everybody do something. Yeah. Take this opportunity with the body of Christ for 40 days to somehow, whatever you can, step back and stop. And cease striving, like it says in the Psalms, and know that I am God. And listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And again, the heart of it is, God, missions is your problem. What are you doing about it? Here we are available. Use us as, we will, as you would. The second thing that we are asking everyone to pray is, fill us anew and afresh with the Holy Spirit. And the third thing is, would you pray that 10% of your people group, or if you're not focused on a people group, 10% of your city, or if you're in a certain type of ministry with children, 10% of the children in your nation, or whatever God has called you to do, would you pray a big prayer and say, Lord, 10% of my harvest field, would you save them over the next 10 years? Fill me with the Holy Spirit and let me listen to you. That's the core of it. How you work that out, you know, we're letting individual liberty, but I would just like to say Anthony Howard is leading the charge on this and he's going to talk with us about some of these details, give us some practical understanding of what it means and the different tools and resources. So I'm glad that he can be a part of it and just glad to partner with him and others across the body of Christ in this very unusual and very wonderful time to pray and fast for 40 days. Amen. Amen. Well, Dick, I appreciate that um, lead in to the interview with, with Anthony. And there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Well, greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here today with a, a new friend, um, Anthony Howard. And uh, Anthony, maybe uh, we've got to know a little bit each of each about each other on the over WhatsApp and phone calls. Um, would you share just a little bit about your story and uh, just introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Um, I have a wonderful family, wife and six kiddos. Um, so we have a, a busy home. Um, we served overseas for a time in North Africa, are very much called and passionate about serving among Muslims. And right now we do a lot of prayer ministry. So we do a lot of strategic prayer coordination and serve a lot in member care kind of stuff. So we do a lot of, we're on Zoom a lot, a lot of phone calls a lot, but supporting folks out there and help them just to keep going and discern God's call in whatever their field of service is. Anthony, how did you, you've, you said you had a call and you served in North Africa. Is there a story behind that on how you, you did God speak to you and specifically a heart for, for that part of the world? Um, yeah, our, our burden was really the hardest places. <laughs> so we actually kind of pulled a map out and looked at the difficult places and Libya was amongst the top of those. So this was, uh, gosh, 2006 when we started, um, looking at that. And that was part of what led us to go there. So we, we only made it there for a week before the Arab Spring and the revolution and all of that broke out. We lived in, in nearby, but that was our, our heart was just to go to a place that was difficult and 
it's a long story telling the entire <laughs> story about how that happened, but we yeah. did spend the time um, working toward that nation. Good deal. And born and raised in the United States? Yep. Yeah, good Phoenix, deal. Arizona. Good deal. All right. Well, Anthony, what we're, we're just wanted to spend some time today talking about the, um, the, the 1010 prayer movement. Um, can you share about how it started and uh, just give a little introduction for the audience on the 1010 prayer movement and um, as we jump in? Yes. And um, I'll tell a little bit of my story with that just because I think it's a bit of a comedy and just shows the heart of God <laughs> to help out his grumpy sometimes servants. <laughs> um, but this all came about in 2017 when there was an Abide Bear Fruit consultation, which was for Vision 5-9, a gathering of, of um, CPers. Sorry, I didn't check with you on language before recording <laughs> what words are okay to use. Um, you know, a bunch of leaders that are within the, that context. So they kind of had an SOS and needed somebody to run their 24 seven prayer room last minute. Um, I really didn't want to go. <laughs> I kind of just had a bad attitude about it. I had a friend who travels with me often to do these things. He didn't want to go. We both were um, just giving the Lord an earful about why that was a bad idea. And <laughs> we kind of laid a Gideon fleece before him. We called it and we said, we didn't care if that was allowed. We just were going to do it. <laughs> so he answered all of our three um, petitions within a few days, cleared everything up. Um, our prayer teams were saying, hey, we think you guys are supposed to go. So we ended up going. Um, and it actually ended up being quite an amazing time, a wonderful time of being with a beautiful kind of very varied piece of the body of Christ. During that time, there's about 900 leaders that were there. So it was, it was a significant thing. And about a quarter of them were Muslim background believers, which is also a very special component of that. But during that conference, um, a word came forward um, from several leaders and from some of the prayer people that there was this thing about praying for a tithe or praying for 10% of the Muslim world. And that kind of buzz kept coming to the point that leadership actually received that and spent a good amount of time discerning that saying, hey, we feel like there's something, we need to pay attention to this. So they spent an entire day, they prayed and fast during that conference, um, during that day to ask God, hey, do we... Do we pick this up? Do we leave it alone? And at the end of the, the end of that discernment time, there was a strong majority that supported having a prayer campaign um, and a smaller majority, but still a significant majority that said, we really think this 10% is significant. And so Vision 5.9 adopted that. And also another irony, since I was there and had experience doing such things, <laughs> I kind of got um, roped into it and could definitely feel God's just peace and confirmation to, to be a part of that. So that's kind of my story of how that yeah. whole thing began. Vision 5-9, for the audience, maybe some people, when you shared that Vision 5-9, maybe they thought, what, what's what's fi Vision 5-9? Could you just share a little bit about that, Anthony? Yeah, briefly, it's out of Revelation 5-9. It's the whole idea of, you know, every tribe, tongue, nation, language, worshiping before the Lamb. So it's part of that vision of the forever worship. And it's specifically a network of people that are reaching amongst unreached, unengaged um, Muslim people groups. It's about roughly 200 agencies and churches that are connected that work together toward that end. Very, very good. Very, very interesting. You know, Anthony, I, I live and, and, and work, I worked in Burkina Faso, which, uh, you know, has a, a strong uh, Islamic presence, but I've been in Madagascar for the last 14 years. And, um, you know, I'm not specifically a guy like me and our family We're we're sharing the lost and the, the, the 
it's more an animistic population, but how, what does the 1010 prayer movement look for somebody and how would it work for a guy that like in our family, that's not specifically working with, with, um, Muslims. Um, there have been, um, others working in places like in the Buddhist world or like yourself working in some form of the animist, you know, whatever the predominant religion is, animism is really how daily life, um, operates. There have been others that have really felt that was significant. Um, I don't know of any particular initiative happening there. But. Yeah. But we can, but even those, the people that aren't working specifically in the Muslim world are invited to be a part of this, this prayer movement. So it's not just um, what I was trying to, to ask is it's not just for people that are specifically in that, in that, in that area. Is that correct? No. Good. Yeah. It's, it's open to, to all. And we have a lot of Western and global South involvement in that. And, and of course, many people are in mixed populations as well. Where, okay. You know, there's, there's many different nationalities or demographics in a certain area. Yeah. So, yeah cool definitely deal. a broad involvement. Good deal. Um, and in, uh, you know, as we were talking, it's, it's 40 days of prayer and fasting. Um, what, what does that look like? Um, um, is there launching for this, uh, 10, 10 prayer movement and this 40 days of prayer and fasting? Can you, can you just unpack what that, what that's going to look like? Is there a structure to this 40 days? Um, and, and what, what, yeah, what's that, what, what look like Anthony? Yeah. The 40 days of prayer and fasting is just kind of an event in the middle of the 10 year prayer campaign. We are, where are we at here? We're almost the end of year three of that prayer campaign, which runs to the end of 2027. Um, so the 40 days, this, this kind of goes back to the heart of 1010. The heart of our leadership team is very much, we want to hear from God what to do. It's basically just the simple idea that strategies are good and helpful. Principles are good and helpful. Um, but at the end of the day, we need God's hand, God's timing for how to walk that out. So, um, yeah, this just came about really seeking him and asking him how, how to lean into this next season. This was pre-COVID and all of that stuff going on. And really what was on our heart was for the church to stop. Um, and by stop, we just mean take a deep breath, <laughs> you know, not to cease from the mission, not to, <clears throat> you know, check out completely, but there are times to withdraw. There are times to, you know, go up the mountain, so to speak, and, you know, let everything else rest for a time and, and take a deep breath. <laughs> So the, the 40 days is very much a time to invite God, the, the global workforce to take a break, take a breath. Um, in terms of structure, we, are, we, we do prayer points every day. There's a prayer app and a website that we use that just pushes prayer content um, throughout the year. You know, we pray over the whole Muslim world. We also pray for kind of situations that arise. You know, we spent some time praying over refugee stuff when all of the Rohingya and different Syria situations were happening. Um, but during 40 days, we basically are just providing prayer points that are walking through the book of John um, and also activities that people can engage in, creative worship activities, abiding exercises, stuff that often people are not exposed to or haven't really participated in. So we're, we're essentially just providing resources for people to lean into that time or do that with community or do that virtually, you know, do it alone, whatever way they can interface. But those... Oh. That's how would a listener, content. if they wanted wanted to get the app, Anthony? How would is it? Is there a specific name for the app, and where where was it? Where is it located? Yes, it's on Android or uh, the Apple Store, and it's just ten ten parent fasting app. Good deal. People can download it there. And the website is ten ten parent fasting dot com. 
Yeah, that's great. Great. And so the goal is, is to um, take a, to step back and abide with Jesus and, and to hear from him and engage uh, for the Muslim world. Is that, is that, did I hear you correctly? That's the, that's the main focus. Yes. Um, the best analogy <clears throat> I found to describe it is it's like Esther that goes into King Xerxes and says, let's have a party. <laughs> and he says, what's your petition? And she says, let's have a party one more night. Let's have a party one more night. Um, this is a time to romance the king. This is a time to linger with him and to say, let's have a party one more night. And the day will come. We have our, we have our own, you know, people, our own Jewish people or whatever our people group is that we d deeply desire to see them saved. We desire to see them meet Jesus. But this is a time to say, let's, Let's linger with the king a little bit more. <laughs> Let's bless him a bit more. Let's just kind of quote waste our time on him, and that's yeah, you know, that's basically the stance. And in terms of the burden, in terms of this ten percent ask, we're kind of put that on a table before him and trust that he's seeing it and not leaning so much into kind of the the intercessions and the constant petition that you know many of us are accustomed to and have been doing for many years. But uh, yeah, kind of kind of an act of faith building and, and a, de a declaration of God, you really are in charge of this. You can do this. You know, yeah. you don't need me. You're delighted yeah. to use me, but uh, we trust you to, to do what needs to be done. Yeah. That's a, it's a powerful thing. And that's one, one of the lessons I took um, when we came back from Burkina was that the God um, desired for me, wanted me to be involved, but he was not, it was not dependent on me, upon me. And um, I'd like to say that I knew that as a 24 year old guy landing in Ouagadougou. Um, but uh, that was a lesson I learned real quick that um, he's King and, uh, and he desires me to be part of the mission, but his kingdom will, will come. Um, whether I choose choose to be a part of it or not, and uh, like you said, spending abiding with Him um, and praying the promises of God. And uh, as you shared, a lot of times we share our problems and petitions, but um, just praying the promises and worshiping, and praising Him, and uh, and and seeing what God will do do in the process. And so that's that's exciting. How can the listeners that are listening into this? Maybe this is the first that they've heard about this. Um, what would be the steps that they would need to take to be involved? Would they start by downloading the app or, or is there other strategic things that they should be looking at as they engage with this uh, 1010 prayer movement? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I would say first and foremost is really to take their own breath and just kind of self-assess, if you will, <laughs> and just kind of be before the Lord saying, Hey, where am I at? You know, what's, um, where could I use a touch of grace? Where could I um, use leaning into you? Because it, I think you have a shared heart here. We have a lot of folks out there that burn out and that yeah. kind of have difficult exits from the field. So I'd say really before even thinking about all the, just the little practical details is just to be attentive to where, where, where could I really receive, you know, the ministry of the Lord and, and be renewed. Um, and in terms of moving out from there, if people are wanting to connect with, you know, the 1010 content in particular, there are some agencies out there who are, are partnering, many agencies actually in churches that are partnering with us in this, some of those agencies have their own thing that they're setting up, um, their own prayer points that they're doing, their own prayer groups. So um, connecting with regional prayer groups, connecting with um, virtual prayer groups, also the, the app of the prayer and fasting, that just is the content that people can see every day, the guided facilitation or the guided meditations and whatnot. Um, but I would, I would definitely emphasize that regional prayer groups are, are significant and they are, they're really, great places to connect because they're going to be beyond just the 40 days. They're places to have an ongoing connection with praying folks. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And, um, and if they would desire to be, should they contact their leadership or should they contact you, Anthony? Who, how would somebody that says, well, may, they don't know, there's not somebody in the region that they, they want to engage with. Is there a certain place that they would be able to, to contact or, or a way to do that? Um, yeah, they could check with their agency leadership, but also, um, well, it's posted to the website. It's actually my email, but it's not necessarily obviously that it is my email, <laughs> but I don't mind giving it out because it's already publicly out there. It's just anthony.howard at vision59. com or .org. <laughs> I forget for a second. Um, but yeah, people are welcome to contact us. We can get them in, in contact with, with different prayer networks and prayer leaders. So we actually do that fairly regularly that people are, you know, I'm in country X or I want to pray for country X. And do you know of anybody out there that I can pray with? So we can connect them. Yeah. One of the things you did share to Anthony that um, we, we have a common um, passion for is people burning out. And so this, this time is honestly is to abide and spend time with Jesus. Is this a re refreshing, refilling and recharging time for those that are working in this part of the world? And is it a dual focus or how do you see this? Um, un, un, is it unfolds in? Yeah, that's a key piece. Um, you know, sometimes it's one of us might lean this direction or lean this direction, depending on our own personal season. Um, but yeah, I would say that adoring God, you know, adoring and abiding in him, um, honoring him, basically just lavishing on him is first and foremost. But we also know that the immediate effect of that <laughs> is that people are, are restored. So I wouldn't initially call it like a soul care event. It's a... <laughs> um, you know, really love on the Lord event, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. the people are going to meet him and, and have him meet him in their real and present needs. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so Anthony, you know, a guy like me, um, you know, I'm involved working in different things. Actually COVID has changed to what my, my everyday honesty feels like um, groundhog day, but um, you know, it's the stop. How do we, do we steward this stopping to abide and listen for 40 days when maybe we have some uh, the other responsibilities in our life that, that aren't stopping. So what, what does that look like for, for somebody? I know everybody's different, but can you just share a little bit of wisdom and insight in for the, for the listeners? Yes. And this is, I think this is one of the places my heart always goes out again. I'm part of the member care, you know, holding up the arms of God's people. <laughs> Uh, part of the of the army of God <laughs> and so and not using any formal title there just God's people um, so I'm very much passionate about this just first out is that this is a common question it's normal it's a tension that I don't think is bad I think a lot of people instantly feel guilt when this kind of stuff you know is put on the table and you know I think it's just okay <laughs> it's okay to wrestle with it it's okay to have some some tension and you're very normal if you have that question. Um, some of the encouragement I give to people is that God did call us to a rested life. You know, he doesn't say, come to me. My yoke is going to burn you out. You know, <laughs> my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm here to teach you. Um, and that God just has a grace for each of us to meet him in whatever our life situation is. So I, I think the, the biggest point of the most, one of the most helpful points of, of discerning that is what's a need in my life and what's a want in my life. Hmm. I think we're very good, a little, a little too good at loading up all the wants we have, you know, or the things we think we're indispensable to and saying that those are essential things. 
but if you really kind of look at it and peel back to what are what are the essential things I need to to caretake here that there's there's a way to lean in there's a way to meet God in that in a, you know a gamut of context we have some people that are doing you know businesses mission they have companies that have to run they have you know there's things out there where people have to go to school or you know like I said my wife has six kids and they're doing homeschool <laughs> you know this <laughs> this takes some energy this takes some time but that there's ways that each one can uniquely engage and this is even something we're facilitating through the 40 days is to help people think through kind of where am I at in my life and how can I meaningfully lean into the Lord. And I, I, one concept that's been helping me is C.S. Lewis, when it comes to giving, would say, or to lifestyle, would say, if you look at the people around you, if you're the same as them, something's probably wrong. You know, mm -hmm. we're kind of called to a sacrificial edge. So my encouragement is think about what your options are. You know, some of us can go up into a, you know, up in the mountains for 40 days and take a retreat. That's awesome. But most probably can't do that, yeah. <laughs> you know, or maybe you can take a weekend or maybe you can take just an hour a day or half hour a day or whatever it is. You know, if my wife, it has to be 10 minute bursts, <laughs> yeah. you know, at certain times of day that the kids know this is mom's rally time. <laughs> um, but basically just to lean in and say, Lord, where can I kind of just go a little bit further? You know, where can I lean in and really do something that will make a, a marked statement that I really want to give you some time and I really want to, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of offload some other things. Yeah. So in terms what, of managing that's another thing. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's good. Um, so what I'm hearing you say, Anthony, is it's not a, uh, there's not no condemnation in this process. Is that, is that what I hear? Because it might look, it's going to look in it. Well, it's going to look different for different people in different life situations. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Anthony, um, is there anything else you'd like to share, um, before, and I'm, before we get, we, uh, end the interview, but I would like you to pray for the audience. Um, but is there anything else you think, Hey, I wish you would ask that question. I didn't ask it. Yes. There's one good deal. <laughs> Just because I've gotten it from a lot of folks. And that is if I'm a person on support, how in the world could I feel okay taking a break or yeah. how can I feel okay spending extended time in prayer? which is a, you know, a serious <laughs> concerning question. We want to be honoring of those that sow into the work. So that I just was, had a few thoughts on that, that maybe could encourage folks. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> First and foremost, I come from a business and real estate background <laughs> before I <laughs> had my life change a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but I look at return on investment. I look at um, protecting assets <laughs> and simply put from a, from a very statistical real you know, not just theoretical standpoint to do, to have times of, of self-care and rest is about the best way to protect donor investment, hmm. you know, because you're, you're protecting you, you're protecting your family. And in terms of however many dollars every month and every year are going into sharing the gospel in your field, that's actually a very wise and important piece of maintaining yourself and maintaining the work. So it's, it's not bad. And it also is a keystone to, what you're modeling, you know, if you never take a break, then your disciples will never take a break. That's true. <laughs> you know, if you never do that, your kids, your wife, whoever it is, is around, you won't take a break. And it's a key to model, you know, for those future communities, how they can interact with the Lord. And the other thing I think is significant is when you look at what God instituted for Israel, I think it's easy to forget that a great deal of the money they gave. And in fact, I'm pretty sure, uh, I need to double check my <laughs> numbers on it, but beyond the tithe, Israel was commanded to give more money toward parties than hmm. they were 
even toward the tithe, you know, there's these various festivals. Yeah. <laughs> they're supposed to come. They're supposed to have fun. They're supposed to make sure everybody has what they need. There's actually a, a clear biblical principle <laughs> for, hey, spend time, spend that money, spend that energy on enjoying me, on having a party with me. And we see so many different examples like Esther had mentioned or like Hezekiah when they had mm-hmm. the Passover and all the people were unclean. Yeah. Yet it says God healed them. They partied for a week. Yeah. They're excited. They partied for a second week. And then we saw this massive act of, of re- restoration and cleansing in Israel. So just a, yeah, just an encouragement to people that it's legitimate. It doesn't, you know, if people are signing on for you to be sharing the gospel, that doesn't mean you're not still a normal human. doesn't mean you don't need breaks. <laughs> yeah. It's good to take them. And it's also good just to check in with your overseers or your community and, you know, talk with them, dialogue with them about it. And if you can kind of have a, a shared sense of it, it can help lean into it without that sort of dread of, am I mismanaging, you know, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Very much God's heart for you to lean into it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we desire, we do, Anthony, we do desire to be wise stewards. Um, but like you said, if you, you burn out and uh, the return on investment of, you know, I know what it costs, uh, at least within our organization, for somebody to get to the get to their field of service. And, um, you know, if they, they burn out and, uh, six, eight, 10 months or something like that, there's no way that that's a, a positive return on investment. And, uh, just on a clear practical perm. And the reality is that's not what God has called us to do. As you shared, we're modeling what it is to follow Jesus and, um, and, uh, and delight in his presence in the life in his life, uh, in our lives. So Anthony, we pray for the audience today as we, we wrap up the podcast. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for today. Thank you just having a clear signal, being able to hear each other. Lord, I pray that as you are moving in each heart, if you have something to say to anyone who's listening, um, would you let that seed not be stolen away, but would you let that take root? And would you give each one the grace to attend to you, to hear from you, and to wonder, hey, is there something here for me and how might I engage? I speak a blessing over each one that they have permission (laughs) that it's in the heart of God to take time to take a breath, to get away, to love in the Lord. And I bless each one with that understanding and vision that our eternal state is to stand before God and worship him. So some tasters now are good. And yeah, just let love for you arise, Lord, let worship arise, let a desire for you arise. And in all of this, Lord, we just place the nations before you and say, you love them more than we do, and thank you for calling us to that. But give us each one of us, Lord, to, the grace to hold that before you and to continue to trust and have faith.